Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where educators can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. We have an exciting new podcast for you all. And let first, let our new hosts introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Lila, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. Um, this is my sixth year teaching. I am at an all-girls school right now, teaching seventh grade and algebra two. Uh, this week, I'm grateful that my sixth graders are excited about Pi Day. We about to make a video, and it's going to be banging. Good evening, everyone. My name is Jadrian. Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I worked 13 years here um, in the banking industry, working for one of the big five. And I have recently now transitioned uh, 100% um, into the nonprofit sector to live out my God-given purpose in life. Um, what I'm grateful for this week is I actually coach youth football here in the Atlanta area. And um, wrong, right, or indifferent, I think every coach uh, or teacher or whomever, you have your favorite person that you, uh, you look at every day that you just want to be great. Um, and that guy that I look at just happened to win uh, Player of the Week uh, from the game that we participated in on Saturday. So he's one of my favorites. Um, phenomenal kid, and I was just so excited to um, hear that he had got that award. So I'm grateful for that for this week. That's awesome. Um, I'm Chris. I'm the academic rock star. I'm a national mathematics content specialist. And this week, I'm honestly, I'm just grateful for this podcast. This has been in the works for a long time. Yeah. So I'm super excited. This is our very first podcast. The goal of this show is to bring fellow educators value. We're seeking to discuss hot topics bring you guest educators that are working to improve the education system and most importantly provide you with some inspiration to continue the work of educating the next generation of leaders we thank each of you for tuning in to the podcast let's get into the show let's get it going this week's hot topic we're going to start off with what really starts and the meaning of this show which is the value of a teacher the value of a teacher i love the quote that says a teacher affects eternity he can never tell or she can never tell where their influence stops. So let's, let's just start off this podcast. What made each of us become an educator again, the field of education, man, I knew I was going to get paid a million dollars. Right. Um, I always wanted to be a role model. That's I, I had this, um, you know, this vision like in the movies, you know, I was going to be up there and be connecting with all the kids and they was going to talk to me about personal stuff. And we we're going to talk about college. And yeah, I was going to teach a little math, but ultimately I, I really and truly wanted to be a role model for kids um, and have and create some sort of positive vision within the community as a black woman. I, I kind of echo that same uh, sentiment. Um, I grew up in, in rural South Georgia, um, a very small town called Damascus, Georgia. Um, it's about a thousand people, maybe, depending on the day of the week, um, that lives in the town that I come from. Um, and if statistics were to, were to stand true, um, a lot of people don't make it out and become successful in whatever it is they want to become successful in. Absolutely. So um, after going to college and moving to Atlanta, um, again, I grew up around a thousand people and it's about 5.5 million here. Um, it just magnified that amount of people in certain pockets of Atlanta that I saw um, on the youth level that grew up very similar to I did and in and, 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 and same different types of neighborhoods that, you know, I saw 
growing up. Um, so I just wanted to find a way, um, you know, what type of vehicle I could use, whether it be me or, or whatever, or contacts. And how can I inspire and motivate young people to, uh, to positive action, you know, to get a one or two steps closer to their goals and dreams? Um, I believe that's my why. Um, I believe that's my main purpose in life, and uh, I'm on a mission to do that. So, okay. And for me, I grew up, I never wanted to be a teacher. I never wanted to be an educator. I went to school for engineering. I graduated. I thought I was going to be a big time engineer and make a lot of money. However, once I graduated while I was on the job market, I started substitute teaching. And then over the course of substitute teaching, I fell in love with education. And over time, God showed me this is where I need to be. And he opened up so many doors in the field of education, not only career wise, financially. And I see now that this is my life's calling. So my, my path is a little different, but now I love it. I would not trade anything in the world for it. Mm, I love that. So as we think about, you know, the different ways that got us into this educational field, all of us have had different experience in classrooms and with different teachers. So what are some things that make a good teacher? Because we're talking to teachers, we're talking to educators. What are some good qualities for teachers that you all see? I think in some of the, the pockets that I actually go in and, and, and mentor kids at, it's um, someone that can inspire um, someone to just make good choices, uh, make good grades, tell them that they can do it. Um, I think our young people's minds are, I mean, a lot of them, they're like in the emphasis stage, right? They're not grown people is what I'm trying to say. Um, and all the teachers, I mean, they've been there. They've done that saw a lot of things um, and, and you have no idea what a lot of these kids have to go through hell to even get to school on that day. You know what I mean? You never know what they're going through. So I think being one that can inspire um, organically and authentically um, and being able to, that resonates with the child. I think that's uh, one of the top qualities um, that I look for and I see that's a positive thing when I'm out and about. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I actually, um, I think it was at Twitter Math Caps a few years ago. Fawn, not never. I'm never good at saying this. Like, new, new, new. Fawn. Um, <laughs> when said, you know when? There you go. Is the only the only bad teacher is one that thinks that um, they're done learning. Mm. And mm. I think that the best teachers know that they're not great yet. And there's always room for improvement, you know, even yeah. if my test scores look spectacular, even if all my kids love me, even if, you know, my my classroom organization is spectacular, all the procedures, I'm all my ducks are in a row. At the end of the day, I'm not done learning. I can always be better. Um, and furthermore, being able to connect with kids, um, I, you're not going to connect with every single one. Um, and I, you know, that piggybacks off of what Jay is saying, but at the same time, just being able to vibe with kids and, and to have them smile and laugh with you at 20% of my class time is spent laughing and cracking jokes. That's just, <laughs> I, That's awesome. I'm not sitting there, you know, talk, A, I don't even talk the entire time. And then B, when I do talk, I'm usually cracking a joke or saying something weird. And that's my, that's, that's my moment or my ability to be able to connect with kids and, and, and have, create these positive moments where, you know, I was actually in the uh, office, I was in the main office last week. And uh, one of my students, Kalila, was absent one day. 
and I heard her sitting outside of class talking to this other girl, Matilda. They didn't know I was inside. And she was just like, oh my God, I was so sad when I had to miss Miss Nurse class yesterday. Like, oh. do you know I was so upset? I told my mom, do I have to go to the dentist? Because I really don't want to miss Miss Nurse. <laughs> and, and, then, and then when you all told me that she did this one thing, I was really upset. Yeah. And, uh, like for me, like those moments, you know, and it was because in all honesty, in that first week, you know what I talked to the kids about? Farting. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was our moment. That was our moment where we opened up. Everybody was like, okay, this is going to yeah. be cool. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. That's that, awesome. That connection, I think, is that's something you can't learn in a, cl- in a course. I think it's just something you learn over time and through the real life experiences. I remember when I taught high school, I had all the cool kids, like the coolest kids in school. I had all of them in my class and they were not the cool kids that wanted to do work. Mm. I remember in between classes, they would hang in our common area and come to class obviously late. So what I would do in between classes is go hang in the common area beside them yeah, and post up as they would say. And they were like, no, I can't hang with Mr. Childs at the time. And they used to come to class. <laughs> but it was just one of my ways. I was like, hey, I'm going to look out for you guys. I know you want to be cool. But you have to see what the bigger focus is while you're here every single day. You met them where they were. I, yeah. I think that's important a lot of time. And that gets, like, lost somewhere in, in translation. Like, a lot of people in that field don't want to, like, meet kids where they're at. Like, you have to start somewhere. And by you going out there, just your presence alone, like they acknowledge that, like, oh, okay, Dr. Childs, you know, kind of cool, cool. Plus, you had something great to say to him, man. I think that's dope. We got to meet a lot of more kids where they're at, as opposed to where we think they are. Um, the reality is, want them to be, or where we want them to be. There you go. Mm-hmm. Or, or taking a step further, not even just meeting where they're at but looking at them not through a deficit lens. A mm. lot of times we say what the students don't have and what they don't come in with. Mm. But if we look at the, the, even if it's not a lot, what do they bring into the classroom? What experiences, what positively? Yeah. Lila, go ahead. Awesome. Prime example, last week, I met with the student, keep her name anonymous. Um, you know, we have these meetings where we're you know, talk, bringing up any students that are have, we have red flags on. And she's one that's been known as heavy attitude, heavy attitude, heavy defiance. And they go, yeah, I got an issue, I got an issue. And I was like, for real? We ain't had no issues, <laughs> we cool. And when I talked to her about it, she's like, I know, miss, like, I'm not doing anything. Like, they just always think I'm giving attitude. And then when I am giving attitude, it's because they said something, you know, it was this whole thing. And the way I ended up reframing it for her, and she, she, she kind of, you could tell that something within her was like, whoa, like nobody's really said it to me from that lens. Um, I said, you know, everybody's saying that whatever you do, all the other girls going to do. So if you come in with attitude, they got attitudes. If you want to pop off, they popping off. So do you know what that means? You're a leader. You're a natural leader. You have the charisma and you have the, the presence to, to lead masses in a positive way. How do you change? It's, it's slight, how do you slightly change like that attitude that you have that comes off as negative to being something that's positive where you can take all of these girls that are in your squad and move them to something bigger than just being, you know, our red flag students. 
And she's like, dang, miss, but now all the pressure on me. And I'm like, <laughs> I get you, but like you, we were born that way. You can't, you can't run from, from what you were destined. You can't run from your purpose. Like that's, that's who you are. That's within you to wow. be able to lead people. And you have to figure out how to do that in a positive way now before it spirals into something that's negative, which it feels like to everybody else that already is. That's awesome how you interacted with that student. So as we wrap up this topic, let's think about our teachers that are our educators that are struggling to reach a student. What's like the best advice we can give to them to reach that student or something they can do just to keep them encouraged? Because sometimes it can get frustrating. So what's something we can give to our listeners to help them out? I think going that, I mean, that extra step, um, I mean, it's, teachers have such a, it's a phenomenal job, but it's, it's a hard job. I mean, um, just really going that extra mile to figure out, you know, what's that little thing that's holding this kid back potentially from being great, I guess, if you will, having a one-off conversation. Um, I like to have one-offs, you know, when you're in that, I guess, corporate setting in a classroom, uh, whether it's 10 kids or 15 or 20 or 30 kids, maybe a kid can get lost in the shuffle and that kid may fail a test or something or have something going on at home or whatever, but just try to dig deep and figure out, you know, what's the, the issues internally that's going on with that child. And kind of like Lila was saying earlier, how can they use and channel that for them to, to be great, whether it be from a leadership standpoint in the classroom, in their community, uh, in just schoolwork, period. But really going that extra step or that extra conversation or staying a, a extra. I know a, lot of, I know a lot of teachers stay late already. <laughs> so I won't hit on that too much, but just going that extra mile and figuring out, you know, what's the disconnect with a particular student and, and how can they use that to ch help channel that for them to be great? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I like to, I'm, I'm an open book. So I'm very comfortable with telling my story and telling about my experiences as they're relevant and how they relate to what kids are going through. Um, but I also feel like it's so important to be an unbiased listener, um, to really just be able to sit back and say, I hear you. And without me listening to any, what anybody else has told me about you, anything that happened last week, Anything you said before we started this conversation, whatever your grades say, I'm going to listen to whatever you have to say right now. And yeah. that's what I'm going to address. Because oftentimes, you know, we think about how they, we've been interacting with these kids for the last 15 weeks. And all she's been doing is giving me attitude, no homework, no this, no that. And I, right now, she's willing to talk to me. And I need to listen. And I need to figure out most of my best response to be able to spark that connection and really drive some sort of inspiration um, within that child. I like that. And that was my thing. My thing is listen to help. Don't mm -hmm. listen to respond. Mm -hmm. And I, I make a key with every kid I've interacted with. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to hear you out. You can say how you feel, how you want it. Yeah. And then after you're done talking, then let's have a discussion. But listen, listen, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We got to listen. We got to listen. Say that, brother. So as we talked about the value of a teacher, to this week's show is special because we're doing two hot topics. So our second hot topic is going to be transforming education. Transforming education. And this topic came about just 
I was working with a school, I won't say where, but there was a teacher who actually went to the school that she was working at. And she went to school decades ago, not a recent graduate. And she was bragging about how the school is the same as when she went to the school decades ago. Girl, no. <laughs> and we think about a lot of our schools are like that. We think about how the mall is new and innovative. We think about how different stores or different houses are new and innovative. And we think about our schools are not. And that's on the physical sense and on the interior sense. So what, what is it going to take for educators or, or outsiders, uh, let's say community members, to transform education? Like, what, what does that look like? What does that mean to you all? Pay me more. But no, really and truly, we got to see the value of teachers. I think that's it. I think that's it. I mean, number one, I, I'm I'm being paid what I'm being paid, which ain't all that great. But you know, these you know NFL players are signing fifteen million dollar <laughs> deals, and you know I I, I get it. And, you know, and and the risk, you know, and, and what people like to say is they leverage, you know, like everybody's watching, you know, um, the risk that it takes to do certain jobs. I take risks every single day. <laughs> I'm putting my life on the line. My feet hurt so bad right now. <laughs> and there's not a pair of shoes in the world that could support all the standing that I do. Mm -hmm. I, there has to be a, a higher level of value put on what educators do. And outside of me being a babysitter, because in some cases, people just feel like, I'm supposed to do everything that mama and daddy not doing. That's out. Like, <laughs> I'm absolutely here to be a support system. I'm absolutely here to be a role model. But I'm not a babysitter. You have to see that there's a way bigger picture and more value in what I'm doing than what everybody else sees currently. I, I definitely echo that sentiment. I mean, that's teachers have a hell of a job. I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, but from a financial standpoint, like where does it, like where is the balance compared to a lot of other jobs and industries that are out there? Um, but one thing I think, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this piece, um, is the parental involvement. I think Lila, you mentioned uh, babysitting service. Um, really truly, if we look at it, like how many parents or parents are actively involved on a day-to-day -day basis um, with their child? Um, even asking them the simple question, how was your day? How was your school day? Um, that could open up, I mean, whatever it may open up, but how many parents are, are truly doing that on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, and I think if we look at the statistics, I don't think it's that high. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but just uh, being out and about in Atlanta in different schools and, and out in the community and me asking these types of questions, um, a lot of parents really don't know what's going on. and 100% onus is on the teacher. Like you teach my child to be great and that's it. And I don't have to ask any questions and let that be that. But if little Johnny keeps getting D's and F's and how do you, how, do, how you didn't know that? Like I ran into a situation with one of my football players and it's what, four weeks, five weeks in the school here. This dude down there about to flunk out. And like one of the coaches had to check on that child at school that lived close and the parent had no idea just because the progress report hasn't came home yet. Like, well, you're not asking any questions. Uh, I, want, I want to play devil's advocate. Yeah. 
do parents know what to do or how to be involved? That's it right there. I was going to ease into that. That's, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's it. That's the other side of it. I think that's the foundation, you know? Because, because uh, I've, met, I've met some parents before who, where they came from, they weren't allowed to even interact with the school. When the child was at school, it was the school's responsibility. Then at home, it was a parent. So yeah. when they came to our school, they were shocked. Like, I didn't know I could even have these conversations. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that what also is, is so um, crucial for this is the ability to be willing to take risks uh, within education. And, and the unfortunate thing is that everybody, anytime there's a shift or a pendulum swing, as Matt Larson says, anytime that there's, there's, there's something that's changing, everybody got an attitude. Oh, not something new. Now we got to get, the, we got to work with the new standards. We got to work with this, this new test. Everybody gets upset about change, which is really weird to me <laughs> because in any other profession, risk is seen as a good thing. You know, people take risk and experiment all the time. That's how we make and create new and better things. But then in education, when we say, oh, don't put the chairs in rows, put them in a group of four, they go, whoa, there. I don't know about that. You know, and, and, I, and I'm not sure why, especially within education, people are, are so glued to the tradition. You know, you don't, uh, there, there's so many things that are, are traditional that you would not accept now. Like, I'm not going to get in a um, a wagon and <laughs> ride up the street with all these other cars, you know, because we have developed from there. But when it comes to what I'm doing in my classroom, as soon as I want to do something different or as soon as something new is being implemented, everybody's, you know, in an uproar. I, but I think that goes back to your initial statement, the value of education in general. So I like to quote Tupac. And I adapted this from Tupac. We got money for wars, but we can't pay teachers more. <laughs> Come on. If, if we think about, if we funded education like we fund our military, we'll be in a totally different place. But again, the value of an education and what does it mean? Yeah. We and talk a good game. That's the side of things. We talk a good game um, from a political standpoint, from an economic standpoint about, you know, putting education at the forefront. I think this was mentioned um, about a week ago, but are we truly doing that? Like, what's the forefront? It seems like we talk about it, but yet it slides down the piece of paper as people are elected or, or whatever that looks like. It's just not at the forefront like they said it would be. But we got to get prime relevant example right now is the fact that LAUSD, we're right now in voting to decide if we're going to go on strike because we're at an impasse with the district. They don't want to pay us more. They're offering us pennies in comparison to what we have on reserve, but saying we don't have money on reserve, but as, as LA, one of the biggest districts um, that there is, we have more money on reserve than many, many other districts. And yet, what are we doing with it exactly? Um, where it can't be given to teachers, you know? And, and okay, well, we don't have no money. Yes, you do. We've seen it. We know where it's at. <laughs> and you're going to try and play me like 
no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. So it, it, even even when you start looking at the people within the district and taking it a little bit higher, it's like, well, you have it. it, it, it now, isn't that the, the argument can't even be we don't have it. You got it. You just don't want to give it to us. <laughs> yeah. So, what? Here's something I always thought was interesting. If we think about those within the district, let's say your superintendents, at one point they were teachers. Mm. Your principals at one point were teachers. I always mm. wonder, and I know we won't be able to answer on this show, but what happened? We need to bring on a, a principal, a superintendent to have this conversation with. Mm. What happens in the transition mindset from being a teacher to the superintendent? Ah, because when you're the good. teacher, you say, when I become in charge, I will never that's do good. these things. That's and then when you become superintendent, you good. kind of revert to all the things you said you would never become and do. That's good. So, so what happens between that time and that rise to administration? I'm just curious. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. Right. But we we our administrators were former teachers at one point. So so what yeah. happens in that time? That's good, bro. I like that. We definitely need to get someone on to speak more um to that. I like that. So mm-hmm. as we as we think about this change and transforming education, then this is a great topic. We're definitely gonna have this again on the podcast. This is a something I found cool in regards to why education should change. Hmm. First, because we must. Second, because we want to. Third, because we know better. Fourth, because we can. When you know better, you do better. So so education can be transformed for the better. It's just how do we rally the troops, per se, to get this change going and get others involved in the community, get parents involved, get community members involved. as Lila pointed out earlier, how do we value education? If we start valuing education like we do a lot of other things, it would it would it would transform itself because it's a priority. It's a priority. I mean, think about it. For instance, they they say, what if we stop airing basketball? What 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 would happen financially <laughs> to this country if we stop airing basketball? Likewise. What would happen if every single teacher quit? Mm. What would happen if every single one of us quit? And we just said, you know what? Not just my district, not just my city. Every single one of us in this country. What if we said, I'm not going to work tomorrow? What does that mean for for the economic state of this country? Mm. In comparison to not airing basketball or whatever else that you, you already dumped millions and billions of dollars into. So we're going to have to force the narrative and force the change and inspire our educators and inspire our audience to be on the forefront of this change because this is an Inspired Educators show. And as we stay in the onset of the show, we want to inspire you to do better and to do great things in education. One of the things as we get ready to wrap up our very first podcast, the very end of every show, we're going to have something we call an inspirational moment. And this inspirational moment is just going to come from the heart something to keep you all going as you go throughout your life every day, helping our most precious cargo in the world, which are our students. Today's inspirational moment is going to be brought to you by Jadrian. Jadrian, do you have a a word for us today? I do, man. Um, And really, honestly, it kind of goes back. I've heard the word why earlier, and I've also heard uh, purpose earlier. I think that's the foundation, um, regardless of, of what field you're in. But more specifically, since we're talking about um, education, I mean, we, we toss around the term, you know, we want to get paid more as teachers. We want this, like money, 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 right? 
But I think when we truly, um, first off, regardless of your race, color, creed, background, or whatever, I believe everyone has a reason why you exist. Like your why, your reason, or your purpose. Everyone has that. And I think once you tap into that, uh, Mark Twain said, uh, two of the greatest days in your life is the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. I know it's a lot of teachers that are listening to this podcast. You found your why. And, and some days it may get hard. You know, you don't understand. We're talking about transforming education. We're talking about the value of a teacher. You feel devalued. But understand when you're working in your purpose and you're understanding your why, it will get greater. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, understand what your purpose is. And that's to, totally to transform, to educate, to inspire, to motivate um, your kids every day in school and even some of your colleagues. Um, everyone is a role model in my eyes. Someone looks at everybody and wants to be them. Every day you have an opportunity for multiple people that comes through your doors. One day they may want to be you. And one little thing that you may do may throw them off track to potentially say, well, I don't want to be Jay anymore. I don't want to be that person anymore. But operating your purpose, understand and remember why you started doing what you're doing. You're there to inspire. You're there to change lives and we value you. And, and that's one reason, the main reason we're doing this podcast is to inspire you and motivate you and charge you up every single day um, so that you can spread the word along to your colleagues. So don't forget why you started. Always keep the main thing, the main thing. Know what your why is and operate in your calling. I love that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, JJ, for that inspirational moment. This was our first podcast, the Inspiring Educators Podcast. We thank everyone for listening. Lila, any last words? Man, I'm so excited. I'm about to flip this table over right now. <laughs> flip it. Jay just took me to church. I'm over here like, let me go lesson plan something. <laughs> I don't know how to contain it. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ex- I am so excited. And I would love to hear from everybody that's out there. What, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you want to hear about? I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Echo those same sentiments, Lila. Definitely pumped about this podcast. And teachers know this. Every day that you get up, as soon as you hit the floor, tell yourself to be great today. And watch how that changes your entire day. Once you set the tone in a positive way that way, Regardless of what comes through, even if something crazy happens during your day at school, tell yourself that I'm going to be great today and nothing but positive things will come. Absolutely. And to our Inspire Educators listening to this podcast, thank you for tuning in to episode one. We will see you all next time for episode two. Have an awesome week. Do awesome things. And most importantly, be inspired. Yeah. Be great.